0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode of The Grape Nation is brought to you by Jules Sous Vide by ChefSteps. Jewel takes the guesswork out of cooking. Learn more at chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler. With a
0: preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. This week, we're looking at the way labels shape our perspectives on food. I know you're not
2: supposed to judge a book by its cover, but is it acceptable to judge a wine by its label?
0: There are some labels that I'd say are so bad they're good.
1: As long as your paperwork's in good shape, you'll get a grass fed label. Tune in to this
0: week's Meat and Three on Heritage Radio Network. That's Meat plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Rajat Par. We'll talk wine and words with Raj. I'm your host, Sam Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Born in Calcutta, armed with a degree in hospitality from India, and a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, Raj Par more from food to the world of wine. Raj worked with the best in wine including Larry Stone, Michael Mina, Rubicon, Fifth Floor and RN74. Always thirsty for more wine and wine challenges, Raj moved into the world of winemaking. He is now the proprietor of Sandy and Domaine de la Cote in California and Eveningland Vineyards in Oregon. Raj Par is a James Beard award-winning author, celebrated sommelier, sought-after speaker, and is considered to have the best palate in the business. He just wrote a new book with Jordan McKay called The Sommelier's Atlas of Taste. Welcome back to the Great Nation, Raj. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Good to be here. All right. Congratulations on your new book, The Thank Sommelier's you. Atlas of Taste, which will be coming out and available when, Raj? October twenty-third. Okay, October twenty-third. Bookstores, Amazon. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Okay.
2: Probably Amazon's the best deal.
1: Yeah. If you want
2: a signed copy, then you got to go to my website, Raj Bar Wine Club. And
1: you know, at the end of the show, we'll talk about you know how you're supporting the book, and if people want to meet up with you at some point, point. Um, and then we'll point them to uh, the website for any dates and all of that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the book. Um, Multi prong question. How did the idea of this book come about? When did you start writing it? How long did it take?
2: And what did it entail? uh, It took a while. So me and Jordan wrote our first book, The uh, Secrets of Salmage in 2011, uh, came out. And so then we, right after that, the publisher asked if we have another idea of a book, and we didn't. So we kind of sat on it for another year and then kind of. One day over at dinner, we, you know, we said, let's, let's find something to, you know, write about. And we decided on on this topic and uh, the Atlas of Tastes in 2012. And then we didn't start any work on it until the end of 2012 when I went to Europe. And the idea of the book was that to have in one book all the classic regions of, the, of Europe and discuss... Uh, in detail, why the wines taste there with a taste, uh, specifically from the soil perspective, but also write it in a fun way, because Jordan's writing is very fluid and, and uh, sometimes funny. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, so and it, like, you can open the book and go into you know, any region, any classic region Bordeaux, Jura, Alsace, Wachau, Mosul, and okay. understand the soils, and then kind of talk about why the wines taste. Uh, so, from, all in? How much time? Four years. Five uh, years of research. 13, 14, 15, of fourteen. Four years of research. And how many trips back and forth? If you had to count, um, two hands. Back and forth, probably ten. Really? Yeah, many Before. hours on a in a little car. Many many days sleeping in a small room. Sometimes the same bed and trying to, you know. But
1: that's sort of the part you relish, because you're with the winemakers. Yeah. yeah, You're in the field. No, it was amazing. The connection.
2: It was amazing. It was, uh, you know, oftentimes cold, and you miss home. (laughs) I remember that, right? You feel like a green salad, and you only get a baguette. Right. You know. Enough uh, with the
1: baguettes. Yeah. All right, so the word taste obviously is in the title, and it is the prevailing theme of the book. Um so you helped me frame this question from the book and I want you to explain tell me the difference from how does wine taste to why does wine taste like this Yeah and I think the book moves more towards why does wine taste like this Yeah I, 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 so explain that and differentiate
2: Yeah I, I think that the word taste is the most important part of the the title uh because Oftentimes, wine is mistaken just on the nose. To really understand the the wine, the taste, you know, the texture, the flavor profile, the the concentration, the minerality, it's all in your mouth. And our tongue is what really you know feeds the sensation of the wine. The nose is great; you can smell it, and it's a very important part of the wine. But to really discuss the place. It's the taste, it's the tannin, it's the fruit, it's, it's the density of the wine. And this book is very focused on minerality and flavor of wine and sense of place. So
1: we taste wine and we say, how does it taste? What you're saying is, why does it taste? Why does And it all taste? the things you mentioned, tannins
2: yeah. and, and, and the, all and, that. Yeah, and, and it all comes from the soil. People it's, don't think of that. Yes, in the soil, you know, because uh, the same grape grown on limestone versus granite will have a different taste. Right, and that's just that's just the way the the vines have grown, and and the same grape and can right. taste, and that. So we're discussing there are a lot of comparisons in the book about you know difference between, you know, Sancerre and Puy Fumé, or you know, you know, Bouvray Monlouis versus like you know Sauvignon or versus you know, uh, Samour Blanc, and and those are all, it's the place where it's planted, you know. Right, right. All right, so how do we taste? Do we taste with our
1: mouth? Do we taste with our nose? Is it a combination? When people put it in their mouth, is it really their mouth that's working, or is it something... It's you know
2: yes. deeper involving your olfactory. So I don't give too much away, but the first chapter is very intense, and there's like a lot of, lot of research done on on this topic of what our tongue tastes. You know, we we well, taste from our body. You know, right? In your taste, in, in your tongue, and it instinctively just it goes to your mind, and you have a you know sense memory of. Childhood, or <clears> of yesterday, or of you know whatever, and then our body comes in play because it's you know it's, a, it's it's very visceral. It's not it's right. not just like oh just shoot it and we're out. You know it's the wine has the energy of the wine comes starts in your tongue, goes into your in your in your brain, and then your whole body feels it. That's why when you have a great. You know sip of one, you're like, "Wow, this because you know it, it's you know your brain cells are like, "Wow, this is amazing. What is this? this reminds me of this, or this gives me this kind of sensation. So
1: one of the things you said in the book, although it's not scientific because a lot of it is emotional and you, there was some science, and you allude to that, yeah. and you know we don't want to ruin it, read the book. Um, but this does the science say? because you talk about an emotion too you yeah. know it goes in your mouth into your body and your brain and all of that are we tasting as much as we're smelling
2: smelling as much as we're tasting or is it really the the taste touch part the taste i think it's I, th- I, th- I think it's a taste and and that's something i've been saying for many years it's it's the taste and then that kind of triggers off the emotion in your in your brain and and to really get a sense of place you must taste the wine. Right. And and one of the things also, it's fine if you spit the wine out, but you don't get the same emotion right. until you swallow it. And then it, the first sip, and you're like, wow, this is like, you know. But you know better than
1: anyone that when you go to a tasting, oh, of course. you have to swit, yeah, spit. Yeah. But if you are with 100%. friends drinking wines, yeah, yeah. I mean, the real sensory experience is, 100%. you know, getting it in the mouth, aerating and all of that. right. Yeah. Um, Tell me why in the book, it kept cam- coming up, words like minerality and terroir are so controversial.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you
1: know, you seem to take exception to those. And, and terroir has sort of morphed into another word in the book to you, which,
2: yeah. you know, I think you said t- typicity. Yeah, typicity. So why, why are words like minerality and terroir? I think that, you know, a grape is a fruit. Okay, and we love fruit, but then to get a sense of place, it might have a connection with what's under the vine, and that's the rocks and the soil and the clay, whatever the case may be. And the word minerality is the expression of the grape from the place, and it's the only word you can use. I mean, you can you know. I mean, even though that word is controversial, and we address it in the in the first chapter. It is, I mean, you, you, you can not taste the minerals. You cannot taste the minerals from the soil in the wine. But there is a relationship between the soil and the wine. And that is, it's where the vines are grown. But you said
1: earlier, you said, you know, you take the same wine, a San or something, and it's either on limestone, schist, or granite. I mean, those are rocks, minerals, and all that. Yeah. Can you not say minerality and go? This is a very schisty sandier. This is a very granity, or you don't even want to go
2: there. Yeah, you, you, you know, you, you can you can go in there, but 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 the the typicity. I mean, I, again, we didn't do that much soil uh, soil science, and and you you do feed minerality, but it's not the same mineral. Right. Like like limestone gives you kind of a salty salty taste and. Maybe granite gives you kind of bitterness and and that's just you know that's what we feel right and, right. and we are not soil scientists to kind of maybe in the next fifty years there will be some studies and of you know to find out what the compounds in the wine are relating to the the compounds in the soil but but we want to stick to the word minerality because we, we, when you taste a wine from limestone or from silex or from granite, you do get specific flavors, and that's what we kind of. Narrow down on the book. Right. So for me,
1: tell me what typicity is. Just give me the yeah. definition compared to terroir, yeah. how you integrate it and use it.
2: Yeah. So terroir is like a, a, a macro word of the place, what's, what's below the vine, what's above the vine. That means the, the area, the weather, the soil, the the vine material. So people, a lot of people think of terroir as just like the ground or the no, dirt. No, you're not, talking about it's, the place. It, it, it's it's the whole, the space okay. below and above. That, that's that's that, terroir. That's terroir. Okay, it's a very very complicated word, and we try to use it as little as possible because it has so many different meanings. Right. And now that we use typicity more, because typicity relates directly from the soil grape wine. Soil grape wine. So so right. basically the typicity of you know Chardonnay grown on limestone versus Chardonnay grown on clay or sand or you know any grape right. you can that we want to we want to keep it kind of a direct link from the soil, the grape and the wine in the bottle or in the glass. All right. So I'm a little confused,
1: but you'll help me with it. This is a good time to ask you and introduce how the human factor yeah. plays into this. And I think there's two areas where the human factor is a big deal. I think tawar or place yeah. and climate. Yeah. Which I think you said was part of Tawar, but not Ex- necessarily typicity. So so uh, So the human factor, how does that interact with the Tawar? Yeah. And climate Climate change, climate. I yeah, mean, uh, talk to me I, about. It. I, think, I think that's I think important.
2: The, I think the human factor is maybe one of the most important things because vines grow on their own, but vines vine needs. You know, you need to trellis it. You need to prune it. You need to you know do what do we do on your canopy, and then you have to harvest it. So all this a lot all, of attention. Yeah. So so it's but it's, you it's, it's also a, it's, left a, out
1: that a guy just takes a barren piece of land, and from nothing starts a vineyard.
2: 100%. I mean, that's a total human Absolutely. factor interaction, right? What you planned, how you planned, yeah. what direction you planned. So it's it's very much, you know, man-made. So is that a good thing, a bad thing? It, it is that's what it what is. It is
1: thing. That, right. It, I mean, it, it I mean, is what it is thing. I mean,
2: there are abandoned vineyards from a long time ago, but, <clears> you know, you can't, you know, it's not always going to, you know, exist and. Be great. So that's the first, the human factor of like how a person, you know, a man or woman, they plant and they take care of the vines. Then when you pick the grapes, then you have to pay attention on the, in the cellar. You have now to. you talk of winemaking? Yes. Yeah, so then the word winemaking is like just take the the grapes through fermentation, right? Age it, bottle it, and these are all things which a person does. It doesn't become on its own. If you let the juice just ferment and leave it alone, it's going to become, the goal is it's going to become vinegar. Right. So you have to, you know, do whatever to it, rack it and sulphur it, don't sulphur it, whatever the case. Maybe you don't. Right. But so that the human factor is huge. So uh, that is a big part of terroir also, because a person's his own idea of the wine. His expression. His expression. And, right. and, and so now you have a human factor as a part of the terroir also. And you could change the terroir because you know, if you do a whole cluster, it would be stemmed. So all these things are, you know. So when you
1: talk about place or terroir, it plays into the wine. But the reality is the, the human factor how wine is touched yeah. has such an impact on it now the natural wine movement they're low interventionists and yeah, all yeah. that there's organics biodynamics yeah. and all of that um, i would guess that would play a positive factor
2: very positive because cuz yeah. the
1: war in the earth
2: yeah the mycorrhiza the you know all the all the good what about All climate?
1: I mean, is climate changing? Is it affecting harvest? Oh, for sure, climate is it ch- something
2: winemakers can control. Climate is, is changing. It out of control. Climate is changing rapidly. Uh, not necessarily hotter or colder. It's just erratic. does the those you know what you had a uh, consistency of the weather is completely out of wax. And so, that, give me examples when you're I'll farming. Give it, I'll give you an example. I Maybe mean, the best example I'll give you is. is in Beaujolais, for example, right? It was it was many vintages. It was you know you can barely get to ripeness, and you can make a wine at twelve, twelve and a half percent, and that's it. And now you have a string of vintages which are warm vintages, and sometimes low crop due to hail or frost, and and you you have to pick at, at ripeness, and the wines are much riper in the last. If you taste what Are you talking like 14, 15, 16? Yeah. Those vintages have been. No, not, ch- not 15, 15? especially 15, yeah. 17, 18. You see a lot of Beaujolais at above 14%. Big time climate influence. Yeah, wine. so so that's that's kind of, you know, uh, same with Burgundy. You used to have to capitalize and kind of like, you know, get to 12.5%, 13%, and now it's naturally at. 14 percent. Jesus. So you know, I mean, so that's going to change the typicity or, you know, what right. you call the, the the place, the the sense of place might might be different, and it's just evolving. You know, nothing is constant. Uh, in your, you have three wineries,
1: different areas. Two are in California, one's in Oregon. Are you feeling it there? I mean, every. <laughs> Harvest is a different yeah.
2: challenge. Yeah, so like, we, we, we had the opposite one this year, in in, in San Rita Hills, uh, I think we had like one day above ninety degrees. One, is that not typical? No, we usually have several days above oh, okay. ninety, but so it, it was cooler. It, it, coldest vintage okay. since eleven. Don't you like a cool vintage? I do, but I, I'm going to give you an example. I, right. I, I love it. We we picked into October, which is amazing. Right. Which is like, you know, picking Chardonnay in the beginning of October is that crazy. In 14, 15, crazy. 16, we picked Chardonnay in the middle of August. Wow. You had to so get th- it off th- the th- vines. I mean, this is kind of crazy. Here's the perfect example. Three years, you, you pick on August 15th, and then one year you pick on, like, you know, October 7th. That's, that's not close. And you have no idea next year... To plan,
1: yeah, it's that's every, that's
2: six weeks after the previous. I mean, it's just so. Now,
1: when you teach, I know you talk to old timers. I mean, d- d- vintages were challenging, but w- was it as drastic as now? I mean, when people look back,
2: I mean, there's still drastic vintages, but you know what? What now is you have to be a, you have to be a lot more focused on on viticulture because right. things are changing so quickly. You know, you don't know if you're going to. You know, is your May gonna be? Are you gonna flowering in May? Are you gonna like flowering in June? You know, what's what's happening? It's it's just. It's a little unnerving. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could have a day. You know, I was in Burgundy last week, and it was like eighty degrees in October. In bone, I was just like, wait a minute, this is That's kind of crazy. I, I, I got there, I had jacket. I was like, and I was like, wow, I need like a sweater. No, wow. I, I need like a t-shirt. No, like, everything wow. is.
1: That's crazy.
2: Yeah, so, you know, things... You
1: All right, know. we're talking to Raja Par. Raja's new book is The Sommelier's Atlas of Taste. Um, Raja, in the book you covered classic wine countries, um, regions, grapes, um, mostly Europe or Europe, France, Italy, Austria, Germany, and Spain. Um, you left out some regions. Yep. Um, how did you decide... You know, on the final list, I think you'll make most people happy, but yeah, somebody yeah. may look for Portugal. Oh yeah,
2: Portugal, Greece. Not putting not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. on the spot, but yeah, yeah. How did you come here? I, 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 I think that we, <clears throat> we had, a, we, I think we had a timeline right. um, of how long we got to finish the book in, and and we tried to find a vein, a story we can tell of the place. There are regions we tasted which we didn't include in the book. Because we you, just, give me an We just we just didn't. I I'd rather not give you okay. an example because is that uh, the
1: Sommelier's Atlas of Taste, Part Two?
2: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, there a few because we, 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 we didn't we didn't find, you know, the, the story, and then we and you know and and we could have included Greece and and uh, definitely Portugal. Right. But I think that the wine evolution is happening now, and it's. Of course, port is well known, and, right. and Doro is well known, and there's, there's other things happening, and in Greece there's so much happening. Yeah, but it would take us, you know,
0: so months, yeah, yeah. Of
2: months of more, and and we just decided to just stick
1: with. So nothing was really left out, like almost with Greece not ready yet, or no, it's you, you, I mean, Greek wines you, you, are you, great. Yeah, and the area's but, but
2: but it would it would you had time constriction. It, yeah, it was it would it would have taken a, a, a longer time to understand because there's... You know, uh, and also, I mean, look at Italy. I, Italy could have, you know, we, we only wrote basically, you know, Tuscany, Piedmont, Piedmont. And, and Sicily, basically Etna. So also wines which are like, which you can smell and taste and oh, it takes you right there. Right. Uh, it wasn't about, uh, you know, really a discovery. Of course, there's, there's, we could have included other regions in Italy, but, but, you know, also places where we actually could find data on the soil. Right, A lot of places in Italy, we couldn't find it right. on the soil. so it would dictate so, and, the in some extent places, of how you can get yeah, into in it. Yeah, and some places there are only two or three producers who are at the top. So, you know, we have to also have a sample set of producers. and uh, You know, when I,
1: when I ask you this, it's not like the book's not a hefty coffee table book. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, you know, substantial. And, you know, like you said, you walk through some of the other regions. So, you know, we'll see down the road. Um, I realized in the book as I read through it, um, there's pretty much of a template in a good way. Yeah. Um, and I wrote it down. I mean, you basically talk about country, region, varietals. You have a discussion of place and taste, which yeah, is really, yeah. I think, an important part of the soul of the book. Um, and a cool thing is every region, you pick your top picks. Yeah, um, you know, which is nice. So when you read through this, you go, "What should I drink?" And there it is. You know, Raj's picks. Walk me through the um, the setup for all of yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, did so, you imagine <laughs> that before you wrote it? No, or?
2: no, no. You know, you know. Uh, so all the, of course, the all the writing Jordan wrote, and and because you know, he's he's a way better writer than I am. So he he does all the writing. Sends it back to me, and I can take a look, and we kind of talk about what to add or take away, and. And then you have the person who actually edits the book. In this case, uh, Emily Timberlake. She works, uh, uh, you know, at ten speed and, and 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 based in based in California. And so she built the template because she took all the writing and kind of like because it has like you know you you want to be consistent in all regions, but.
1: So you had all this vast information Yeah. when you realize it was all out there there were silos for Italy yeah, there was yeah, yeah. this discussion yeah, yeah. of case they're, they're, there because, was because it's, all di- of it's all different
2: if, if you look at the every region could have a different angle but right. you have but you have to find a consistent way so uh, if a reader wants to like go on to read about Piedmont or you know or about uh, Burgundy or the Jura you have like you know you have a consistent uh, and that's what Make, it makes an amazing project to work with someone like Ten Speed who, they have a team of people. They got who, it right. They, they, they do they do editing. That's what they do. Yeah. And and that was very important to kind of, you know, put that, in in context because many. You know, when you write a book, you can just write, just keep writing. Right. And then there's no real kind of way to kind of, you know, because you want to, you want the, we we want this book to be, you know, of course we read, we're also a reference book. I was going to ask you that. You want to go back to it. When
1: you look at the book, um, there's a lot of soul and feeling and opinion, and then there's a lot of information. I said to you before the show, you know, for my show, it becomes a reference book. If I have a guest on... You know, we're talking about Beaujolais or whatever, or Burgundy, you know, the information in there. So did you intend it yeah. to be
2: a reference book? Absolutely. No, no that was okay. the idea at the beginning. It was okay. a reference book. Because you can go back, and if someone... Who is just first time having Beaujolais, or is a Beaujolais expert wants to kind of quickly go and say, oh yeah, what what do we have in Moulon? What's the story of well, You know, what what's the brewery all about? And you go in there, boom, check out the breweries. Okay, that, you know, or you go to like you know, Jura. What, the part, what are the right. different soils and you know what makes Jura different than Burgundy because they're so close and the soils are somewhat similar in a way. So just you know, that because you come back to it and it's in one book. You can go right. to you know we could have included so many other regions, but any regrets that I mean, you didn't or i you know, mean you explained why yeah, but yeah, I, now I, that it covers iran it's like yeah shit. yeah yeah no i mean you know honestly we, we didn't like the one region i would have loved to add but I, we didn't have enough data to is Sabwa. ah you know that would have been amazing i love the region but you know I, it was it was hard to Put it in a in a chapter because it's so it's right. different parts. I mean, you could drive in Jura. You want if you go ten miles, you could take you two hours. Right, you can go up over a hill and go down. It's like, you know it's 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 so, so but the, uh, yeah.
1: This this ain't your last book, so. We could oof. figure out where to park. Uh, it's, it's a big under- I, I tell oof, you- this, That oof was unsolicited. This, this, it's like, the, I'm not ready to do that yeah, in the near future. Is that what fi- that
2: was? Yeah, start okay. to finish, six years. Okay. And then, and you know- what, it, Did it take longer to write this book than- uh, Oh, my the God. Okay. No, the first, the first book we wrote, we wrote from beginning to end was less than 12 months. Oh, okay. This book was five years of research. Yeah, well, on the ground. Yeah, I mean, going. We went to every, like, we wrote about places we went to. It, it wasn't like we wrote about places and people we didn't talk to. Everything is, everything is recorded. We have we have recordings of every interview on so the when place. When you sit down, yeah, it, this, it wasn't like we took something out of nowhere and just wrote right. about it. Right, it was very it, it, well thought it, out. It, if sense. something is missing in the book, it's because we didn't go there. So people might say, oh, well, missing is not even the word. You didn't get there or,
1: you know, you'll get there eventually or whatever. Um, This was a curiosity of mine. I mean, I kind of know the answer, but you got to answer it. Um, You devoted like 16 pages to Bordeaux and over 60 pages to Burgundy. I mean, I counted them (laughs) twice to make sure I wasn't wrong. Um, I know you love Burgundy, you know. So I I love Bordeaux, too. No, I know. I guess the question is, what the hell happened to Bordeaux? I mean, it was a fraction of the pages. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not indicting you on no, no, the no. coverage, but why does that play out that way? Is Burgundy so enthralling and thrilling to you? Is there that much there? Or is Bordeaux easier to explain and less uh, yeah, pages?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think Bordeaux is easier to explain because the geology of Bordeaux is complex, but it's not as complex as as Burgundy, okay, and the examples—that's what this book digs yeah, into—and the examples of th- those, the differences, is also portrayed in the wine. Because, as you know, from, you know, from, one hectare of vines, you could have, <clears throat> you know, five producers making wine right. from one hectare in Burgundy. Yeah, in Burgundy. Yeah. So you are like, okay, so now you have five people's expression of that little piece of land, versus in Bordeaux, you know, it's... it's you Five e- different e- explanations. Yeah, and then, and then you have, you know, you have a chateau, which might own, like, you know, 25 to 50 hectares. Right. And then they make one wine out of that. So, you know... That explains it a little, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but, you know, also, also the art of blending, it makes Bordeaux. And it's the opposite in Burgundy. It's the art of not blending. Well, what if someone decides to blend you know, Muzini with... Uh, doesn't happen. You know, with Richborg and with Chambartan. Doesn't happen. So, you know, so we have and, three and explanations for... Right. <laughs> and Those are good ones. So that's why, I mean, it's trust funny. me, I love Bordeaux. And, and I tell you, off a whole trip, it was our favorite part. Mm-hmm. Of Bordeaux? The, yeah. It was amazing.
1: We even, yeah, so. you even gave the Rhone more pages. Then Bordeaux.
2: Oron is so much bigger and wider. No, I know. And the that all requires all the coverage yeah, and everything. Different wines, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Daniel Jonas was recently on the show, and he taught. You know, I asked him similar question because he's truly a Francophile and a Burgundian. Um, he stated, you know, in Burgundy, you're in the cellar with the winemaker, and if you look at his hands, they're basically purple. You go to Bordeaux and, you know, the guy owns a big chateau with a yeah. custom-made suit. No indictment against yeah, it, yeah. but it's a different vibe and yeah. all of that. But yeah. your explanation is real. I mean, there's just so much more, you know, involvement and detail yeah. um, no, it's, in it's Burgundy. It's, a,
2: it's, it's Bordeaux's grand. You know, the, the Cabernet is one of the grandest grapes yeah. in the world, for sure. There's no doubt. But in, in context to I mean, if in Bordeaux, if each, I won't say they should, but if each chateau decides to do five different bottlings from their property around. It, it could become like Burgundy. It's not because they are the soils are. You could go from well, gravel. Like, doesn't to like?
1: Didn't Al Bronstein do that at? Oh yeah, um, of course. At, where? At, he, yeah, yeah, at, at, um, at Diamond Creek. Diamond,
2: Diamond Creek. Yeah, Diamond yeah, yeah. Creek, no, they, where they he... Still,
1: they still, do. Took the yeah, it from, is, uh, in a small, you know, yeah, area. You know. Yeah, so they it's,
2: they don't do it in Bordeaux though. Well, it's you know, it's it's like it's the Hermitage. It's the art of blending. Right. I mean, you know, right. Jean Louis Chauve can make six different, seven different wines from his property, and he does, and he makes. One, sometimes two, so you know. So, so that's just it's that's a cultural idea, right? Right. So of course you have the soil, but remember that all these all these things are very cultural. Right. And champagne is very similar. I mean, now you see these little single crew, blah blah blah, from everywhere. Is that grower champagne? Grower, grower. I mean, you know, even even like Kruger is making the, you know. Amboné and Menil, so you know they're designating. Yeah, but but more. but think if every big every of the the Grand Marques say, oh yeah, I'm gonna make you know ten different bottlings, with different, it could change the game really quickly. And and do uh, you see that? Take champagne
1: specifically, uh, do you, you see a movement towards that?
2: You know, it's, champagne is also a very complex. Uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's different
1: it's, unto its own. Yeah. So
2: e- even though the 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 uh, Many of the big producers are brands, but within them, they, they realize they have these little crews and these little vineyards, which are like, you know, it stand out. So, right. so do you blend it together with the uh, massive blend or bottle it separately? Do you think you're going to see? Well, you said you you, crew. You, you you already see it from other producers, Jacques right. does all these different bottlings and... Uh, Right. Yeah. No. You. You are. You already seeing it. I mean, I mean. I mean. Some
1: guys are bottling four, six, eight different bottlings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah From yeah. you know one relatively small beer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, after writing the book and you know the script was done. I mean, was there any region or anything that you became even more excited about or energized after doing the book?
2: You know. You, know, um, you
1: look back and go, "Wow, that." I didn't realize the Rhone or, you know, border whatever. Any, any you know,
2: any change. Um, yeah, so a region I visited many, many times and I fell in love deeper it was Piedmont. And to really kind of, you know, uh, love the wines I've been there many, many times, but then to really taste and visit different vineyards and kind of, you know, see see the you the, got into it the way yeah. you had
1: gotten into yeah, yeah. Was, other vineyards was, and winemakers in yeah. Burgundy or whatever.
2: It was. It's. It's. It's one of the like. I mean, everyone. It's not. It's not a secret. but It's one of the most important wine places on the planet, and it's and it's the soil diversity, the people producing wine there, the whole culture, the everything about it. You know, it's it's one of the most amazing uh, places. Would you
1: say that? In your day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year travels, of all the wines that you taste, drink, go out for business and not, I mean, are you drinking less Barolo? So the fact that—or or, or wines from Piedmont, so the fact that you were there, no, I, I, do you drink a lot anyway?
2: I, yeah, not a lot because, you know, I mean— Less I, than other wines? You know, you know, you have to be in the right state of mind. You can't just sit at home and say, oh, yeah, I want a bottle of wine. Let's open a bottle of Barolo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a bottle last night yeah. at, at Fausto. We had a bottle of 05 uh, Rinaldi, Beppe Rinaldi. Uh, Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, uh, Brunate. But, you know, it's not a wine you can just open and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to sip on right. the wine. But, but if you have a, a great dinner with great bottles of wine, that... Is one of the greatest. I mean, it's it's up there with the great Bordeaux and the Burgundies and anything else. It's as great for that but as any wine. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the ageability and still, right. I mean, in in the high echelon, but still, the the value is still there. Right.
1: So when the book was done, the Piedmont region, yeah, he felt you know even uh, yeah. better about that it. Which
2: was, is that nice was to that was yeah. We made like we made. Several trips. I mean, I, with Jordan, I was there once, but before that, to do other research, I was there twice before. Uh, so you brought
1: up an interesting thing by saying that. In all the research, I assume you and Jordan were
2: together a lot, but yeah, there was no, a lot of times where you. We were together. So, so for the, so before I took Jordan to all these places, I went myself because to to find what would be. You know, the who to see so you do a little triage right. of you know, you go see whatever, thirty producers and then you narrow it down you only to see five you Do the advance work. Yeah. yeah. So so, you know, the the and triage then Jordan's from, with you when you're getting down to Yeah, it. yeah. I mean Jordan <clears throat> me, we did together I think four months in Europe over uh, wow. over three years. Uh, but before that, I did myself, uh You know, the first three years, I did my own. uh, Good amount of time, alone and together. Yeah, so I can't take notes anymore. I'm done. You're done. I'm I'm like, you know, no no, no more taking notes on every wine you taste. That's it.
1: Just drink it and enjoy it. Yeah. We're talking to Raj Par. Raj's new book is The Sommelier's Atlas of Taste. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a couple more questions. I want to talk to Raj about his wineries, current harvests, and bottlings. I want to subject him to our wine list um, and a few other things. You're listening to the Grape Nation. I'm Sam Ben Ruby. Um, We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Jewel Suvie. Hey. You can host the most delicious dinner and wine parties this holiday season with Joule. I'm going to tell you how. When you cook with Joule, there's zero guesswork. So steak, chicken, seafood, turkey, roast, eggs all come out exactly the way you like them. This gives you plenty of time to taste test your wine and food pairings course by course. And cooking with Joule is hands-free, so you can focus on your holiday guests, Watch the game, perfect your recipes, and most importantly, making sure you have enough wine to serve with your great food while Jewel does the work. Juul, perfect food every time. To get yours, visit ChefSteps.com slash Juul. That's ChefSteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E and use the code H-R-N to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J O U L E code H R N. All right, Raj, one last thing before we get into what's going on with your wines and wineries. Um, I asked you, you know, what region you were excited, energized about, Piedmont. What's your biggest takeaway, memory, challenge from writing the book? I
2: mean, when you look back, I think I think the the travel was tough in the winter months, and those were just f- physically physically just, was and just to every day be on it. And if you're in the winter, sometimes you're you're sick, or but you gotta be on. You, you're not feeling. You it. only going if you're gonna go see one producer the only time for the book. You better have game face ready to go. It wasn't right. like you know you can't tell someone who appointed six months ago say, oh, I can't. You know. I'm not going to show up or something. So you know that that it, it was it was physically really you know demanding. It was yeah, and and you got to be on and, and we both of us you know. Sometimes I was not feeling well and Jordan wasn't, so we step it up. So Jordan stepped up like right some place where I was like you know, and because you know this is we had normal jobs and this we. We snuck all these things right. in. It wasn't like we took. Right. A We're three year, talk about your winery. Five years, That's not yeah. a hobby. No, it, it was, was a, it was a huge sacrifice. Uh, my, <coughs> my my business partner, Sashi Mormon, who allowed me to go right. and just you know it, it was instead you go out and sell wine or you go and write some of your books. So it was you know it, there was. There was sacrifices made by by everyone, right? Uh, especially my including you
1: know. what you pointed out as the hard work, yeah, the years of it, and having to put yourself up to it. Yeah, I mean, are you with like one of the greatest winemakers and you have a cold? You yeah, can't yeah. smell crap. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, what yeah,
2: you, yeah.
1: What are you gonna do? Yeah, right?
2: so you know, just a lot of echinacea and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, but all in all, it was you know, just and also to kind of labor love. Yeah, keep focused and and get the relevant information to kind of, you know, crunch it in. And that's, you know, that that was also... Because there's so much information. We could, ri- we could have written a book five times that size. It but is. you have to also... You have, you know, the number of words that the publisher wants. You can't just... You know, it's not a self-published book. Like you have to still give right. the parameters. and So that, even and that was a
1: discipline because yeah. it's a big,
2: lengthy, detailed book. Yeah. God. Um,
1: all right, let's talk about uh, what you're doing back in the States. We'll talk my, about my, my real job? Yeah, yeah, let's get to your real <laughs> job now. You got this stupid book out of the way. Now, no, congrats on the book. Um, we'll tell everyone where to get it. Um, so how are things at your wineries? Let's tell everybody you have Sande Winery, yep. Domaine de la Cote. And I think around 2014-ish, you took over Seven Springs even even yeah, Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so quickly, just, you know, let's not assume everyone knows everything. Just give me a quick walkthrough on each winery. Yes. Yeah, was S- your first? Yes. 2011? Yeah,
2: so Sashi so, 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 yeah, so Mormon, uh, my partner in crime in all our wineries. Uh, so he and I, we started Asandi in 2009, uh, and then uh, Domin de la Cote, First vintage, 2011, and then we acquired the, the historic uh, Seven Springs Vineyard. Uh, Evening Land uh, was, the, was the name of the company. And that was- Oregon. In, Oregon, in the Willamette Valley, in the Eolamity Hills, and that was 2014. So now, uh, anyway, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay in, in all, all three wines. Sandy is mostly from uh, grapes we buy and wines we rent- Right. De, so that's... Yeah, the, mostly the, from that. Right. Uh, now we pinot, also, chard. Pinot, chardonnay only. Right. And Domaine de la Cote is mostly pinot. Sandy is mostly chardonnay. And that... So Domaine de la Cote is our estate vineyard, which, uh, which Sashi and Chris King planted. And, and the vineyards are in... In the Santa Rita Hills. Santa so, Rita Hills. So we okay. focus... Uh, Domaine de la Cote is all Santa Rita Hills. Um, Sandi is Santa Rita Hills and Santa Maria right. and a Santa Barbara County bottling. And then Oregon, it's only Seven Springs Vineyard, all estate, right. all from a property. Pinot and uh, Chardonnay. Pinot, Chardonnay, a little bit of Gamay. The Gamay is and only uh, from yeah uh, Seven Springs? Seven Springs yeah. and a little bit of uh, Chenin Blanc.
1: Okay. I've had the Gamay. It's very good. <laughs> um, Domaine de la Cote is your vineyards where you can express different yeah, it's it's Maybe it's a, it's, a it's our estate. You, you know, tell me about some of the name designations. Yeah, so we we you do cracked the what blooming field the other yeah, night. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, so we have so we have four single parcel bottlings: Memorious Bloomsfield, La and Sirens Call, and on four different soils, uh, same plant material, same planting, uh, planting years, same vinification, uh, no additives. Uh, so just to express the place, and, so that
1: uh, uh, winemaker loves that because you have different sites yeah. and the expression. Yeah. So vary. we we don't
2: change anything in the wine. We kind of keep it the way it is. And yeah, it's it's a, uh, you know, it's it was it was a dream, uh, and uh, you know. All right. So if
1: people want to drink and get their hands on Raj Par's wines. What's the best thing they should do? Go to each site.
2: Yeah, you know. You, so you, Sandhi is S-A-N-D-H-I. Yeah, so I'm assuming sa- that's an yeah. Indian word. It is. It, it means it's, it's Sanskrit word means collaboration or unity. Okay. Because it's all negotiations They buy. We work with different growers. Right. And that's the so Sandi is Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Chard yeah. um, from California.
1: Just Google it. Yeah. Um, Domaine de la Cote is an estate grown. Yep. multi-vineyard.
2: Santa Rita Hills, yeah. Santa
1: Rita Hills, Pinots, and some Shards. Yep. And for Oregon fans, yeah. you have your hands in... Seven Springs. In Seven Springs, Shard, Pinot, and a little Gamay and yep. Shannon. I'm sure it's pretty limited, what's available and all of that. <laughs> um, did I see... In relation to these wineries or some of them that you started a wine club yeah so tell me about that
2: i mean we love pinot noir chardonnay of course and you know i always have uh you know always need things to kind of push us and so we decided to do a little wine club where we make other other wines well other grapes we have uh, you know cabernet in napa valley cabernet from coombsville I uh, made a Merlot from from Coombsville, You know, this year we had a little Zinfandel from Lodi, some Pais from Amador. So is that the um, objective of the club, to yeah. offer wines that yeah. are not yeah. the core grapes of... Yeah. And, is and there
1: and any of the Sandi, Domaine Delacote, or other stuff in the wine club, uh, or it's We, all... we
2: haven't done... Uh, That's a cool concept. Uh, yeah, you know, we did some kind of <coughs> a carbonic Pinot from another vineyard, which we don't make for Sandi, and... And you know, there's some skin contact Pinot Gris. There's, there's, there's different. There's a, you know, and, and also looking at the vineyard sources, like people, like you know, people who farm, you know. Right. organically and that kind of stuff. So we keep, we keep it keep it in the same idea of all the other wines, but we make it in the same way with no additives. And, right,
1: your philosophy. Uh, yeah, character. the same. So this is your way of getting in the sandbox and playing with other toys.
2: Exactly. Right? And move Vedra from the Anne's Vineyard, right. Cabernet from up in you know, Carmel. So just so? quick,
1: quick, quickly tell me about the process. Do you... Like, are you thinking now about next year? You're going to make a Grenache or some of the Italian white, or yeah, Grenache this, spon- me, 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 me I, me this year. Grenache this year, Yeah,
2: no, you know, it's. I think that the, a little more
1: spontaneous. Yeah,
2: or, but good vineyard sources, people we know, uh, farming which is done the right way.
1: Will and, things come about when somebody says, "I got a lot of extra juice"? Do you want to do it, or no, it's not? No, bad.
2: no, no. Okay. You know, you know, it's, it's very. And every wine has inspiration from another wine. Right. So so it's it's so it, it's not just like yeah it's it's not it's it's random but not that random right. <laughs> well, if I want to find out more about the wine club, where should I go? Just Rajpar Wine Club. Okay, that's that's the website. Just Google it or it's yeah, Rajpar, it, Rajpar no, Wine Club. Yeah, it, it, com. Um, it's it's there. It's uh, that, our, Yeah. That would be a fun and interesting play
1: for people because yeah. if you love Raj and Raj's wines. You know, he gets his hands on some other things. And And all the wines
2: made by us. It's not not contracted out by anyone. It's it's all we make the wine either in Lompoc or in Salem. Um, Are you still in the restaurant biz? Yeah. Do you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, You know, I've worked with Michael Mina since 2002. Okay. That's a long time. So I'm off the floor. I don't do operations, but I still kind of... You know, keep an eye on the, the flagship restaurant. Still uh, involved with him? Yeah, he's you know he's family. He's like yeah, you know, he's, it's it's uh, you, you, it's you know it's it's our lives and, and, and I I you know I, I definitely you know I, I I'm, I'm around as much as he wants and uh, and I have a small restaurant in Santa Barbara called called, called BBG. It's Indian. Which is the
1: brother or sister to New York?
2: Yeah, so... so Babuji? Jesse, who started Babuji...
1: Jesse Singh.
2: Jesse Singh. And then he opened BBG, and then we were partners, and then he left. He moved to, uh, back home to Melbourne...
1: Right, he's an and, Australian uh, Indian.
2: Yeah, so, and now the restaurant is run by Alejandro Medina and Gary Singh, who was right. the chef and the general manager. They, they they basically own most of the restaurant, and they, uh, they operate it, and... I'm just, uh, you know, there to uh, eat eat, eat and drink.
1: Make sure the right wine is on the shelf, which, you you know, when you talked about being with Michael Mina, I mean, you really started on the floor and everything and helped him build that whole wine reputation. Um, I always ask guys like you, you know, what was that reason or motivation from moving from sommelier to winemaker? To winery owner? Is it something that was always in your plans or you realize I want to or I got to do this? No, I mean, it was not. Because planned. you're in it deep, man. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you're not. I mean, we, we have a lot of friends, a lot of guys who've been on the show who have a little winery or a piece, 400K. You know, you're in deep. Yeah. So oh, yeah. How did that come about?
2: You know, it just happened by chance because when I was working in the floor, I was just curious how wine is made. So I started making a little bit of wine in Santa Barbara, a little bit in you know, other places, and just to kind of understand what, you know, how wine is made. Was it as much that as I got to get off
1: the floor? No, no. It wasn't, you
2: enjoyed the, Yeah, you you were intrigued by. Oh, first vintage, 04 till 08, uh, when we were making part selection wines, it was just like, just for fun, a little bit here and there, just to kind of, and then we got serious with Sandy in 09, but I didn't move to Santa Barbara until 2013, because I still worked the floor. Right. So I still I went for Harvest. I should in come San back. San Francisco. Yeah. Santa it Barbara's four, four, way four, south. Four, Lompoc was four hours away. Right. So it's I went, not a morning so, drive. So sometimes I went back and forth you in did. the same day. Eesh. So, you know, but anyway. Uh, but then slowly I was like, wow, this is like, it's actually something I really enjoy. And eventually just wanted to have a kind of a
1: And still simpler, enjoy. Oh, I love it. I, Fulfills I'll, all your expectations, I'll, I'll, I'll love,
2: challenges. I love living in Santa Barbara. And I know I can, you know, always come to San Francisco. I don't go there that often. Um, well, but you're a pretty good traveler. But yeah, I just drive. You know, it's
1: um, I guess right now, you, you know, you're a frantic, frenetic guy. Your lifestyle. But do you take that deep breath because the book's behind you now? I know you have to promote it, but is Huge. that a weight off your shoulder oh, you can it, enjoy? Yeah, no. Get back
2: I, to certain things. No, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the book tour, and then I'm looking forward to just being home after that and uh you know we'll we'll
1: talk about the book tour in a minute um raj i want to before i let you go i want to subject you to our wine list because our listeners and certainly i am very curious about our guests and important guests like you were drinking so we ask you five questions we did this the last time you were here i know you don't remember the questions and you didn't prepare for them so let's (laughs) buzz through them all right. So the first question on the Rajpar wine list is, what are you drinking now? What's on the table? What are you tasting? Experimenting? Is it for work? Are you intrigued with the area? Or uh,
2: yeah, guess I guess. Now s- seasonal. Yeah, because now we are in the fall. Right. So it definitely, you know, transitioning. You know, I think we've. So what? What does p- that mean? Put put our rosés aside okay. and. and uh, you know, move into a little, uh, you know, more more like gamay and and some trousseau something kind of fresh and crunchy, and you know that's always in in the mix, you know. So have uh, gamay is probably you know I probably drink more gamay. during... You know,
1: Daniel Jonas I said was on the show, and I said Beaujolais is just kind of blown up or yeah. it's having its day, um, and it's just a very drinkable. You know, do you have a couple of uh, favorite producers or wines you like?
2: Oh yeah, you know the classics, Lapierre, Foyard are always great. But there's a lot of new producers. There's you a, had one or two. Yeah, new producers one, you want to throw one new producers. They're good friends, and I was just <coughs> with, with them recently, Domaine Chapelle. C H A P E L. C H C H A P E L. The husband and wife. Yeah, exactly. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle yes. Smith, who's to be at Brooklyn Fair, and then right. with her husband, they have a one, two kids, and yeah, they got they got a Nice little small yeah. domain there, and, and you're not and, the only uh, person
1: who's brought them up, so they must be doing. Now you said trousseau. You're talking French and American, mostly French. Uh, Give me a you, trousseau
2: favor. You know, uh, I'm saying French, American, okay. Spanish. You know, it's, okay. I mean, the, the grape. You know, the people. The French might argue this, but it, well, my research says that that grape is uh, from uh, Galicia. Really? Yeah. So the so, Spanish trousseau is yeah, be great. yeah, yeah. So Bastarda or, right. or Menetao, depending. Nice, because they have t- so many different names. So you know, I mean, I, have I, a favorite, I, give me a trousseau, what good one? You know, two? you know, I I love I love from Jura Tiso Stefan Tiso, Tiso is Tiso's a classic. Uh,
1: That's a good uh, one. All right, uh, say no more. Yeah. All right. I always ask people favorite wine and food pairing. Something you go back to. It's it's al- it's
2: it's always the same for me. You know. It's always... I should remember this. What is it's it? It's always Zuni Cafe roast chicken. Chicken and vino? And, and no, no and Aleman Cornas. Ah. It's always the same. this. Okay. Like, it's, it's you the, know what? I the, have the, the, to look the, up the, the... You were on the show a
1: couple the, of years I ago. Yeah. I got to see if that's what you said. Oh, it's... it's but I mean, it's, Zuni makes the greatest chicken in the country. Aleman is yeah. the great corn... It's just a the, great... Yeah. You know, that. that <laughs> that's a classic. And in the couple of years I've been doing the show, people have said chicken and other stuff, but not many yeah. chicken and Alamant yeah. yeah, That's a good one. <laughs> um, you could go New York. You can go Europe. You can go San Fran. You can go Santa Barbara. Um, favorite wine restaurant and our bar. Just a place that's fun to go into. The selection is great. Yeah. The people are great. The wine knowledge. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, you're
2: not leaving any friends out. But you know what... What feels
1: good when you do it?
2: I, I mean, I, I, I'll i probably give two restaurants because they both are, like, uh, my favorite for different reasons. One is Pasquale Jones. Okay. Right here in New York. And right. the other one is Ventre in Paris. V-A-N-T-R-E? V-A-N-T-R-E. Right. It, it is one is of it the, new or old? Yeah, it's new. It's relatively. It's new. one of the greatest wine restaurants in the world. Really? Is it fancy? No, it's, it's casual. Casual? It's a little casual, little simple... Bistro-like restaurant in Paris, owned and run by a good friend, Marco Pelletier, who also makes a little wine called Domaine de Galloche. And And uh, so the wine list, the oh, food, everything's it's working. It's a very personal. He has a lot of wines so in his own cellar. He has a lot of classic wines, natural wines. It's tiny. Open lunch, dinner, just a great, great
1: spot. You know, know, I tell everyone this. I post all your answers on our social media. We do a Rajpar wine list. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll put it on uh, Instagram. Um, That'll come after the show. All right. Do you – this will be interesting because I'll compare it to the last show. And it doesn't have to be one. Favorite all-time wine. And that doesn't mean the most expensive, the rarest. It could be experiential. You know what? Today. If you had to answer that question,
2: favorite? Oh wow, this is this is a pretty well. Oof, this is a loaded. So today, as of now, what? what yeah, because I, I, I bet you, I when I would, look
1: up the answer, it was different last time. Yeah. What I mean, what's what's resonating with you today?
2: You know, it's. Uh, I would. Sirah, uh, we've moved. You know, because. For some reason, get me the through, region. Are you talking Cornas? Uh, you Saint, talking Saint, Saint, Saint Joseph? Cornas Saint Joseph, probably. You know, like, little age on it, or even yeah, current like, indigenous? You know, Give me a couple if, of makers you love. Uh, there's basically two, two. Gonan. There's Gonon and Chave, and uh, you know that's that that that's a good Tuesday night wine, and that's a good Saturday night wine. Okay. And and. Uh, that's just a favorite. Still, yeah, I just and you know you're talking to me in in October. It's gonna get cold now, so no, no, no. That's, that's, going, that's talking be now. A, yeah, that's a, a nice g- thing. A good, good, crunchy Syrah from the Northern yep. Rhone.
1: All right, those are good ones. All right, I ask everybody this. Um, I have different types. I have winemakers, sommeliers, I have distributors, retailers, and all that. I ask everyone to recommend best wine around 15 bucks retail, 15, 20. Give me a red. Give me a white. You can give me a maker. You can give me a... Re- you could say Muscadet I mean, is the great... You can give me... Uh, I mean... Anything. Yeah, I would... My probably, kids are in their yeah. 20s. I always say they're going to a dinner party. Yeah. they got to step up, you know, spend 17, yeah, 18... You know, what, like, what's the best wine, red I and mean, white? Maybe,
2: forget. like, Papier Muscadet. Okay. And... Uh, so Muscadet
1: on the whites. society. Yeah, you
2: know, it's... it's fr- you know, maybe the... You know, La Pierre has a, what's it called? La Raison. Yeah, ra- Raison. Uh, for the red? Yeah, it's again, yeah, Gamay, fresh, carbonic, crunchy, you know. So that's the play. Yeah.
1: For reds and whites to stay in that price range. Those are good choices. Um, for good reason, you're not the first person who said that, just because, you know, there are not a ton of great wines in that price range. All right, so that's Raj Parr's wine list. Um, like I said, I'll post everything. Raj, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at sam@thegrapenation.com. At That's sam@thegrapenation.com. Follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation. Follow us on Instagram at S. Ben Ruby and the Grape Nation hashtag. On Twitter, we're at Ben Ruby. Also, subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Like I said, we will post Raj's wine list and book info on our social media sites. But let's go over that quickly again. I told everybody where they can go for your wines. So we talked about that. We talked about the wine club. Um, the book is called The Sommelier's Atlas of Taste. Um, it is available <coughs> at Amazon and yeah, fine bookstores. stores. Is. I think the best thing would probably be to order it. Um, if you want to follow Raj on social media, where do we go? So, add Rajat Par. That's very creative. All right, so Raj, thank you for coming in. <coughs> thank you. I, I always love having you on. Um, you're not done. You're going to have to come back for some reason down the road. <laughs> I love You to. can't say to me, "Well, wasn't I on a few times already?" Um, you're always welcome on the show. Well, thank um, you. Good luck with the book. Um, so, thank you to our guest, Raj Par. Raj just wrote Sommelier's Atlas of Taste. Thank you to everyone at Heritage Radio <coughs> Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to the Grape Nation. <coughs>